Handoff, Damian Williams trying to get to the edge, breaks a tackle, 35, 30, Damian Williams, 20, stays in bounds, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City! Acelera Williams, tiene el primer 10, escapa a la 20, a la 10, touchdown, Damien Williams. Oh, Damien Williams peut être plié l'affaire avec oh, cette course qui va jusqu'au touchdown. Damien Williams runs to immortality in Chiefs Kingdom. Get ready to welcome your champions. Hello and welcome to the Arrowheads Abroad podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, we are the UK-based podcast of the official international fan club of the world champion Kansas City Chiefs. Quick agenda for tonight's show. Uh, we're going to chat about the schedule release and we're just going to predict the record that we expect. We're going to talk a little bit about sport behind closed doors and what German football coming back this week has taught us. We're going to talk about the other big sports story at the moment, um, not Korean baseball, uh, The Last Dance on Netflix and encourage everyone to stick around to the very end of the show for an important announcement that we've got coming. Anyway, uh, like any good day, we're going to start the podcast with a hearty breakfast. So I'm going to introduce my companions for the evening and each of them are going to tell me what sort of sauce they take with their full cooked <laughs> breakfasts. So starting with Neil, red, brown or none? Brown, it's not even a contest. If you, if you answer anything else, you're wrong. We'll see. Owen? Uh, I'm perfectly happy with living in the wrong, in Neil's eyes, because uh, I don't take any sauce <laughs> on my breakfast. Freak. And Tomo, red, brown or no sauce? Uh, full house, because I'm going with ketchup, so we've got them all covered. <laughs> and just uh, for the record, I reckon uh, a properly cooked breakfast doesn't require any sauce, but if it does, then the colour is red. If it's good enough for Patrick Holmes, it's good enough for me. <laughs> um so that's not a football chat. Uh, if anyone's been following our, our Twitter feed over the last uh, few days, uh, you've seen it's been dominated with a culinary theme. Um, a bit of background, our WhatsApp group, I, th I think lockdown insanity kicked in. Our WhatsApp group uh, lit up for a morning where we just had a bit of a, a chat about breakfast and, and what made up our perfect breakfast, which spilled over onto Twitter with a poll about sauce colours, um, <laughs> Chiefs Kingdom agrees uh, with uh, with myself and, uh, and Tomo, um, it's ketchup for them, uh, perhaps a Patrick Mahomes effect um, on that one, and uh, our founder-in-chief Tom Childs doubled down on this uh, with some rather extreme views on American bacon. <laughs> uh, well, it's not so, extreme, I didn't think it was extreme, I thought he was right. Yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah. Well, I was just about to say, if he's offended anyone with his views, then you can find him at the Arrowhead Pride uh, <laughs> 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 Yeah, so we'll not labour the bacon point. Um, we all know what the correct answer for that is. Um, it did get into a bit of a... What would I call it? In Scotland, we'd call it a stramash. I don't know what the Twitter version of that is. But uh, basically, it was a whose food is best yours or ours um, but what I just thought is that we could each uh, nominate our own favourite British food that we would put forward uh, should there be a food Olympics so 
we'll go with Owen first. What would you nominate? What's your favourite? For uh, breakfast or just all round? Just in general. The breakfast thing. We, yeah. we, we know what the view on the breakfast thing is. Uh. Uh, well, I've got to go for a British classic uh, roast dinner. Um, I don't think you can beat it. I think it's it's uh, one of my favourite meals, definitely. Um, probably roast lamb if I had to pick a meat. Um, but yeah, roast dinner for me. I find a roast slightly underwhelming purely because too much attention or if some places far too much attention played to the meat and then the sides are just rubbish it's just a flaccid steamed carrot and a bit of broccoli which no one needs <laughs> apologies for the word flaccid <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I actually did a Sunday roast yesterday and we had carrots and broccoli although neither was steamed um, well done well that's fine I just sometimes I think it's a bit of a, a bit of a, a sideshow although um, a full uh, a full roast dinner can't is indeed a fine thing. What about yourself, Neil? What would you what would you pick? I I would probably agree with the roast dinner. Actually, I think um, that would be well up there. Done well. It's very hard to beat a good Sunday roast, and I think specifically it needs to be done on a Sunday to give it the attention that it deserves. So, um, yeah, I, I I like lamb. I agree with Owen on that one. Lamb's a good shout. But a nice rib of beef, you really can't go wrong with a nice rib of beef. Spoiling us there. And uh, Tomo, how about yourself? Um, I'll, I'll try and be a bit different. I'm going to go with a... Uh, being from Birmingham, we created the chicken tikka balti. So I'm going to go with that, which may not be the most traditionally British thing, but that's what I'm going with. The chicken tikka balti. Oh, my, my suggestion is also an Indian, um, even though it works. Not, technically, I, I think Indian counts as British. I think we've... Uh, no, let's be careful. I think we've <laughs> co- co-opted it in, into our culture enough for it to be classed as part of the British culinary horizons, I think. Uh, you can't beat a good curry. I, I refuse to believe you can beat a good curry. <laughs> if, that's the ta- if the takeaway options are on the table, that's what I'm going for every single time. Yeah, and, if and, it's takeaway on the go, I'm going Indian any day, yeah. And, and Birmingham's the, the home of the best British curry, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to back that for sure. But as I said, the chicken tikka balties in Birmingham are banging. So <laughs> if you're ever in Birmingham, I can take you to a few good curry houses. <laughs> so, so there you go, Chief Kingdom. Next time the Chiefs are over here for uh, an overseas game, uh, what you want is your, your pre-game Sunday roast. Uh, yeah. courtesy of um, Neil and Owen and Tom will take you for a curry I'll take you the night before for a curry yeah. that might be a mistake go the night after <laughs> <laughs> just in case just very in case. true <laughs> you never know uh, anyway um, to talk about some chief stuff um, there's not a lot of news I guess since we since we last spoke um, it's really just the schedule release that's, that's happened Um I mean, it's a few weeks ago now, so everyone's had a, a little bit of time to digest it. Uh, what I thought was we could probably, rather than go through game by game, I think it's out there for everyone to see, maybe we all just picked um, a couple of highlights, maybe the game that we're most looking forward to. Owen, how about you? Uh, for me, it's got to be that uh, matchup against the Saints in uh, week 15, I believe it is. Um, I mean, it, I know it's not a primetime game, um, which makes it better for um, Chiefs, uh, Chiefs fans in the UK. Um, but yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes against Drew Brees in the Dome. Uh, both both good defences. I don't think you can go wrong, really. No. 
Tomo, what's your what's your highlight? Um, I quite look forward to uh, the Patriots in Week Four without Tom Brady. I think that that could be quite fun, but it's it's really hard to look past the Chiefs on opening night um, at home against Houston. I just really hope there's fans in the stadium for that one because I think it could be such a, such a special occasion. And uh, to pick up where we left off, I think we dropped like 41 points and answered on them. And so it'd be nice to carry that on. And that's that's the one I'm looking forward to opening night. Uh, and Neil, to finish up, I don't want to keep agreeing with Owen, but um, <laughs> the Saints game really <laughs> does catch the eye because there could be serious playoff implications at that stage. And I wouldn't be surprised if that got flexed. Um, if I can't go with that one, I'll probably go with the Ravens game in week three. You know, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes is a shootout. Um, that's going to be the future of the AFC for the next 10 years plus at least. So um, I think that that being... I can understand why we've only got one Monday night game, but one Monday night game it is, and that's probably the pick of the season for me. I mean, that's probably the the big game of the season certainly the big game of the early season before we see how everybody kind of shakes out uh, what sort of form everyone's in that's um, certainly setting the tone and you would you would imagine that the whichever team wins that one kind of in the driving seat for the one seed in the bye you would expect yeah. I'll tip the hat to the away at Buffalo game on the Thursday in week six I think that's going to be a really difficult game um and that that could be a really good one to watch. Another eye catching one's week twelve. I mean, no one's mentioned that against um, Tampa Bay with with Brady and with uh, Gronkowski, whatever shape they're in by week twelve. But that that could be an interesting game as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of my take. The season looks reasonably well balanced for the Chiefs. You'd have thought we've got you know the, the Texans who are bound to be still hurting. Divisional game to start with. The Ravens and the Patriots early doors in the season, which is probably what you want on the assumption that we're going to start hot and then towards the end of the season you've got you know Brady with the the Bucks uh, and Drew Brees coming to older quarterbacks as well you know kind of hopefully that their season fatigue is set in as well by then I think it looks it looks like a reasonable schedule for us yeah what about well you mentioned the Bills as a I don't like the phrase trap game because every game is a potential trap but um the Bills as a potential back banana skin. Is there any other ones that you you're not looking forward to? Um, no, it's the quick answer to that. Um, I mean, we're going to talk records in a minute. I could see us losing at Baltimore. I could see us possibly losing at Buffalo, and I could see us losing in New Orleans, which means we'll probably win one of those three that I don't think we will, and then we'll lose another one somewhere else that we shouldn't we'll chief something up like uh again home to the jets in week eight for example there is no way on earth we should lose that game <laughs> so we probably will and we'll find some creative way to do it um but yeah as far as record goes i'm going 13 and three and number one seed is it owen how about you where do you see us potentially dropping any games and what do you reckon our record will be um, well, I know we've got quite a good record against them in recent years. Um, I think we've got nine wins on the trot against the Broncos now, but I've been saying it all off-season. I think they've got a lot better uh, through the draft and also through their free agency. I think they've addressed some, some key problems that they had last season, um, and they've filled in some nice holes that they lost as well through free agency. 
Um, so I think either of those games, um, I mean, at Denver, is always going to be hard going to mile high. Um, and then the home game, it, it's not necessarily the fact that we're playing the Broncos and that's a difficult thing. It's the fact that we're at Las Vegas on the West Coast the week, uh, two weeks prior and then we're at uh, Tampa Bay on the East Coast um, in the week before the game. So for like, all that traveling and then settling down to uh, face against the Broncos in Arrowhead might be a bit of a struggle for us. Um, in terms of overall record, I think... The ceiling, I agree with Neil. I think it's thirteen and three. I think lowest we could we could do is ten and six, eleven and five. Cool. And just talking about the Broncos, you um, went on the our counterparts, the the UK Broncos podcast this other week. What what is their optimism like heading into the season? Are they all aboard the the, the Drew Lock train? Yeah, they're in. Uh, they are actually. They they uh, they're quite big fans of them. They've got a. Um, I think it was the catchphrase they're running with is locked in because uh, of uh, obviously Drew Lock. Um, yeah, I, th- I think they're all in with him. I think they they, they, they like his and they like his skills and they're, they're they're ready to see him play for a full season. Um, obviously, coming like ending the season four and one with him as a starter is is pretty optimistic. And like I said, I think they've only they've only gone and got themselves better in uh, in the off season. So yeah, I, th- I think I think they're right to have confidence at the moment. Um, doesn't mean I'm, I'm completely faithless in the Chiefs. I think I think we do uh, we, we do stand a good chance to win both those games. But at the same time, they they can cause us problems as well. So we'd have to wait and see. The only thing about Denver's four and one finish to the season was their four wins were against garbage teams, and the one loss they had was against <laughs> us, and it wasn't even close. So I, I agree, Denver have improved. Are they going to be competitive with us? No, because um, at the end of the day, they don't have Patrick Mahomes. They have Drew Locke. Um, so sorry, Denver fans, if you're listening, but um, no, uh, you're not competing for the division this year. I think I think they're looking at getting in it potentially into that seventh playoff spot, aren't they? Yeah. If they go eight and eight, they've had a pretty good season. It's probably not the worst, you know, first full season for the, for the lad either. Uh, yeah. Yeah. To get going, Tom. What about yourself? Where do you see us dropping any games, and what do you think our record will be? Uh, I, th- I think we end up around. It's nice to look at the schedule and not think, oh, God, we're not going to win that. <laughs> They're all winnable games. It's hard to predict the schedule, but I think just fatigue and little runs here and there, I could see us going 12-4. and four. I think the Baltimore game is going to be really tough week three, especially at their place, considering Mahomes is 2-0, and oh, so Jackson's really going to want that one. And then you've got, um, I know um, Owen mentioned the Broncos at home. Um, the Broncos away as well is tough if you've got the Bills and then the Broncos straight away and there's a mini buy there isn't there because we're on yeah. Thursday night so that's and he's got a little bit more time so that gives you a bit of confidence but I think Denver are going to really really want to want to win against us as well um, and then you've got Saints I, I, I think about 12 and 4 is probably a, probably around about right you just really need to beat Baltimore in week 3 if possible because if it, it with the one buy situation if it does come down to us first Baltimore it could literally come down to who won that game as to who gets the bye so um, that's probably the biggest game on the schedule but I, I imagine we'll be in that range 12 and 4 13 and 3 to be honest so here's my prediction I'm going out on a limb if we win the first three games and take Baltimore then we have a really good shot of going unbeaten. I think we'll go all the way to the Saints and it'll be down on, onto that. I think we have, and it's not it's not just blind optimism, uh, 
bringing back all those starters from what is already the best team in the league. We kept Chris Jones. The defense is 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 better. It's got another another year with Spags. Um, I think we're going to be much better prepared than other teams in this in this weird year where who knows what sort of pre-season and you know preparations are going to look like. Anyone with a rookie quarterback, a new coach, new co you know coordinators in the, the sort of key areas, um, they've got no idea how that's going to gel, what that's going to look like, and you know <laughs> limited handful number of weeks with your hands on the players to get a full playbook in, you know it's just not going to it's, it's not going to it's not going to cut it when the Chiefs are coming back with everything that they that they finished the season with, you know, and more once you clean up the any injuries as well. Um, I think we're going to be yeah. better prepared than all those teams. If you know, I think if we get past Baltimore, we'll be all in. And I, I can see Andy Reid really wanting to cement a proper legacy, whereby he says, "No, I'm, you know, all this nonsense that's spoken about, you know, that he can't do it, choking, all that sort of nonsense." He's going to want to put that to bed and and really blast through this season. I, I can see us doing it. I, I think if we're healthy, and the lack of preparation that teams are having. And considering how many people we brought back, it's not the craziest thought. And like I said, it, there's no one on that schedule that you can't beat. But a hypothetical question is: if you're 15 and 0 going into <laughs> going into week week 17, I guess it is. Um, that means that we would have secured the one seed because no one else is going to go 16 and 0, and you'll have already beaten Baltimore. Are you resting Patrick Mahomes in week 17 against the LA Chargers at home when you've got a 16 and 0 and beaten record on the line? No. Because you've got a bye, though. You have right. got the bye the week after, wouldn't you? So you wouldn't playing, be resting him, would you? Playing play for a half. Play, <laughs> play him until the game's out of sight. Yeah. No, I, I honestly, I, um, he doesn't look like the sort of guy that wants to be, you know, sit out of games either. Um, he'll want to, to put all sorts of record numbers up as well. Um, I can't see him being the sort of guy that, you know, is happy to get stood down. Um, yeah. I guess he's, I know, 15 I know, I mean, he's not He wants to play. Yeah, <laughs> 15 and of course. Exactly. I, I yeah. can buy into what you were saying there, Duncan, though. I was listening to um, Terrace Baylor and Charles Robinson on the Yahoo NFL Sports podcast a couple of weeks ago now. Guys, if you don't listen to it, Listen to it. These guys are really good. They know the stuff. Yeah, you all know Terrace from the Kansas City Star a few years back, but they absolutely know their stuff. And one thing that Terrace was saying, which I thought stuck really well with me, teams who are well coached and well run are going to do well this year. And teams that are badly coached and badly run are not, because you're not going to have the preparation time. You're not going to be together until relatively late in this stage. And I just think with that, with the continuity we've got from last year, combine that with we've got the best quarterback in the league, combine that with Andy Reid is a really, really good coach and Brett Veach is doing a really good job as general manager. I, I can fully buy into that we could be 14-0 and when we come to New Orleans. No problem with that. And then that's that. I mean, that's got all the makings of our... If the Saints are everything that we think that they should be, that's got the makings of, our, of an absolute cracker in a dome... You know, potentially the two best teams, Super Bowl preview, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's a long yeah. way down the line, but that, I mean that's that's already looking like a, an exciting game to me. Yeah, agreed. 
anyway, re regardless, we certainly um, we've all got ourselves going to the playoffs as division <laughs> champions. Uh, whether it's the one seed or not, I don't know. Did Did you guys see um, somewhere I saw on Twitter? I should have, I should have noted down that if you looked at the like the beat writers for every other team yes. against the Chiefs, we've got a perfect record. Not one team's predicted uh, a win against us. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. If we stay healthy, it, the, the sky is the limit for this team, especially with Clyde Edwards layout. We've we, we've got that. It's just a perfect offense, I think. Yeah, yeah anyone I, who's going to beat us is going to have to score forty crazy points. points. Yeah, I mean it's it's all on staying healthy, really, isn't it? And then yeah, um, and we've done a good job of that the last few years, really. Uh, I don't think we've done too badly. I mean, the Mahomes thing—you can—you could never, you could never have legislated for that. Um, whatever. You look at last year. We lost Fisher for quite a while. We lost Tyreek Hill for quite a while, yeah. and we had Mahomes gone for what was it? Three games he missed in the end. Lost four 0 at the end as well. Yeah, you know that for the playoffs. Yeah. Well, what we certainly did was cope well with it. That's what we certainly did. Mm. Yeah. Next man up. Exactly. Exactly. But again, anyway. that, lead, that leads back to the well-coached, well-general-managed team in that you've got the backup guys who can step in and, yes, they're not as good as your starters, but you can put them in a position to do the things they do well and you can cover up the deficiencies and you can still win games relatively comfortably. And I think the situation with, with last season as well, with all the injuries, especially Patrick Mahomes is. I think the other players, like, I think our whole franchise and our whole team really bought into the idea that this was our year. I mean, there, there was talk all around that like no no, no team wants it like the Chiefs wanted it last year. Um, and because I think they, they just wanted to do it for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you saw the season that Mahomes had in his second year when he scores 50 touchdowns, he gets 5,000 yards and they lose in the conference game because of a pre-snap flag. Um, and I think they, they, just, they just didn't want to see that happen again. They really wanted to rally behind Reid and Mahomes and Get them through that tough patch with Mahomes' um, injury. So, I think we had a really good we had a really good way of rallying around our injuries last season, which uh, which was really good to see. Yeah, and, and Neil Ellie, you mean you said we'll effectively do a Chiefs? Does that do you think that still exists? Is it or is it just <laughs> once bitten twice shy? Uh, Tennessee Titans last year, our uh, meet up in Newcastle, we found an incredibly creative ways. To lose that game and it was a game we never ever should have lost like we were in complete control early on um, and then I think we had a turnover and let them back into the game and then we had a couple of special teams miscues at the end when we really should have put the game to bed so yeah I think we're capable of doing that now and again um, but we've we've probably only got one of those a season in us um, not too many yeah, it really did feel like we we turned a corner last year, and it's. Well, we didn't lose again after that game, did we? No, exactly. Unbeaten under current management, you're yes. all welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, it felt like we we turned a corner last year, and it felt like it's you know, it went from hoping we'd win to thinking we should win, to then expecting it's like, it's like expectations that you know a genuine belief that that we are the best team. But it was even when we got to the playoffs. In each of the games, you'd look at them and go, "With a better team here, we should win this." Now, 
you had the worry that this is the Chiefs in the playoffs and there's not exactly uh, a stellar history there. Um, you know, we found some creative ways to lose those games. But each each time round, you're kind of looking at the, the games going, yeah, we ought to win this and we ought to win it relatively comfortably. Um, and in the end, we did. Like, we gave everyone double digits leads and we still beat them. I think especially after giving everyone a head start and still managing to beat them in all those playoff games, I've, it really does feel like that that kind of voodoo's gone away now. I'm just yeah, I think that's 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 in the past now. Yeah, as, as long as yeah. we've got Patrick Mahomes, we're fine. <laughs> I think what makes it even more impressive is that we lost to Texans and Tennessee in the in the uh, in in the regular season, and then we went on to beat them both in the playoffs. It was almost like the. Uh, not the perfect redemption because I would have liked to see New England or Baltimore in the playoffs um, last year, but it, it was good to go back and, and and beat those teams that we fell to in the regular season. So, yeah, it, it was a it was one of my favourite playoff series um, <laughs> that I've seen. I think, but I might be biased saying that. Yeah, I mean, here, here's here, my prediction is that Baltimore are the new Chiefs, and that they've now got the monkey on their back. You know, they've lost a couple of playoff games that they certainly wouldn't have expected to now. You know, Lamar Jackson still has to prove that he can, you know, take that team through the postseason. Yeah. You know, I, I, my eyes would be on them as mm. a team that have got something to prove now, rather than the the Chiefs now with all you know talk of blowing things and, and all that sorts of stuff. Um, I don't think it's us anymore. I I think the new Chiefs are not the old Chiefs. That's my. It's it's funny you bring that that up actually because a couple of weeks ago. Um, I actually watched the Ravens uh, Titans playoff game, and they they got beat up in that game, and it really didn't look like Lamar had any answers, which was obviously quite worrying for them. So if they want to take that off the Chiefs, I'm more than happy. But they they smash people in the regular season, but the playoffs are just a whole whole different breed of game, isn't it? And he is going to have to prove that he's got he's got answers and he can function when you can't run the ball as much as they run the ball well, I think you take his tight ends away yep. like the Titans did and that went a long way towards slowing them down um, you know if you've got if you can cover both of those they've got Hollywood Brown as a receiver and they drafted another fast receiver didn't they this time around I can't remember who it was but they were, they were they drafted someone who had been looking at in mock drafts, thinking, yeah, he looks handy. Um, but yeah, if you can take away the tight ends, that'll help immensely. I would they say they drafted a running back, <laughs> J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, yeah. Devin Duvernay. That's who it was, Devin the wide Duvernay, receiver. Yeah. Um, still going to run the ball, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they will, <laughs> and they'll try play action off it and all of that malarkey. But at the end of the day, if you can take away what they did do what the Patriots used to do take away what they do best and is your second best good enough to beat us mm. and if we could take away what Baltimore do best I don't think their second best is good enough if you take away our best what's that Tyreek Hill mm. you know Travis Kelsey beat you yeah absolutely um, can Patrick Mahomes legs beat you possibly um, so well, I think yeah. more than possibly I think Patrick Mahomes is a Especially in that Titans game with that uh, with that run for a touchdown when he um, did that incredibly slow spin. Um, I think yeah, he, he's, he's got the wheels. He's got the um, he's got the ability to get out of the pocket and, and have the vision as well to, to to know when's a good time to escape. 
Um, like, I think he got noticeably better at that as the season went on. And you saw when teams were in man coverage, you know, send everyone downfield. You've got all the guys, the defense are heading in the opposite direction. Yeah, I'll just took this down and I'll pick up 10 or 15 yards here. Thanks very much. And we'll just move on to the next down. Uh, he did a really, really good job of that late on in the season. Yeah, because, I mean, you see you see Tariq Hill going on a streak and then Travis Kelsey going into that seam and then Sammy Watkins and Marcus Robinson run down the other side. I mean, what choice do defences have but to keep backing up and hope for yeah. the best? Just gives Mahomes all the room. And now they've really. got Carlos Edwards-Solaire to, oh, um, <laughs> to count for in that lot as well. Like, Good luck with that, lads. Yeah. And, I mean, look, looking forward to when these guys do get on the field, um, I think there's probably... Uh, a very real chance that these games will take place without any fans, which I think we're, we're all agreed would be uh, a tragedy for Chiefs Banner night. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's just horrible luck for them that they, they break the duck and it's um, potentially unfurling the banner with no one there to watch it. Um, but we've got an insight into what that um, might look like with German, uh, and I'm going to say this word once, uh, and only once, <laughs> Uh, soccer uh, <laughs> coming back. <laughs> Sorry, I nearly did that in a low, low accent. Um, I had to stop myself. <laughs> There's a very British reference. Uh, yes, for American <laughs> the, the two younger uh, ones on this podcast might not know what you were on no. about there either. Yeah, no, that one went straight over my head. I Something like. really, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we could do that another time. Look at UK that, TV that's, Gold that's, and see if you can find that, out. There. That's television comedy. That's on the TBD podcast. Um, so, so German football came back this week uh, without any spectators. Um, I think they're the first of the European leagues that have come back after coronavirus uh, to play games. Um, just figured it gives a little bit of an insight into what sport in big stadiums with no fans looks like. Um, Borussia Dortmund were one that played in their stadiums absolutely vast. Um, did you guys catch much of the action over the weekend? What did mm-hmm. you think? Uh, I watched it all <laughs> as much as I could. <laughs> it was um, sport. I mean, it's sport oh, right? yeah, exactly. it, was, yeah. it was woeful, though, to be honest. Um, I'm not a big German football fan anyway, but um, the standard of the football was woeful. But in terms of the, uh, the, the the fans in the stadium, I thought it was quite hard to watch because um, it's hard to keep concentration in a way because it was so quiet at times. I just found myself on my phone a lot. Um, I think it it just doesn't immerse you as much without the, without the fan noise and the fans' reaction to things happening. And I felt like the more I was watching it, I don't know if it's because I wasn't I wasn't invested in the teams or uh, it just it really didn't grip me as much without without the um, without the fans there. I'm intrigued though because I know there's a lot of talk of pumping stadium noise in, um, and I can't tell if that's going to be worse or better. At the moment, I don't know what you guys think. Uh, for football um, games, I think it's not the worst idea in the world. Um, I mean, that that game, the Borussia Dortmund game, um, it would have been a really good game. It would have been exciting to watch the old fans there because some of the goals they scored were actually quite impressive. I mean, the, was it their third mm-hmm. one or the fourth one that was outside the box? That was quite a nice, uh, quite a nice goal. And there was a few nice build-ups as well. So with a, with like the fan presence, it would have been a, like a really like an exciting game to watch on TV or in the stadium. But I think with NFL games, if they do choose to play without fans, I'd like to see it without the, the, all the stadium noise. Um, just for the hits. I mean, hearing the, the pads clash into each other and hearing that thud without any 
interruption from fans, I think we'll, there'll be nothing like it. I'd love to hear the trash talking. That that's what I'd like to hear. I'd love to hear them all mic'd up and you know let them jabber away at each other. Uh, bring back Phil Rivers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one season he comes out of our division, we uh, we lose the fans. Yeah, I mean, I think that the interesting thing is, I mean, for American listeners who may or may not know, German football is very it's, it's famous certainly in Europe for the connection that the fans and the team have together probably more so than most other football leagues here um, I think there's fan ownership of most teams, I think that's part yeah. of the, the rules you know, they, they're so invested with the team, the connection's really strong it kind of just resonated a little bit with teams like Kansas City, you know deeply connected to the communities that they're in um, I mean, if any Kansas City Chiefs fan needs a, a German football team to support in this, well, there's no other sport going on. Um, I believe there's a tie-in to Bayern Munich, um, who were due to play a game, I think, in the summer at Arrowhead, part of an international series of games. Um, and I think it's with a bit of an eye towards the World Cup bid that America are making. I think with Mexico and Canada? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean... I, I think it will be a strange experience watching NFL games without fans. You kind of see on programmes a little bit like All or Nothing or Hard Knocks, kind of some of the the training ground footage. Hmm. And I guess that's a, as close as we're going to get to, to working out, kind of, to imagine exactly what it will be. I'd quite like to hear, um, going off Owen's point, it's something that I hadn't really thought about, like the actual sounds on the pitch, for example, in soccer, as we're going to call it here. Um, there's not crazy amounts of contact, but in a, in the NFL, there is going to be a lot of contact. There's going to be a lot of talking. But I'm intrigued to hear someone like, I know, like Tyron Matthew screaming at people to get in position and him hyping up the team because that's going to be that's going to be audible on, if there's no fans in the stadium. Um, I think like hearing some of the true leaders on each team, I think you'll be able to really get a sense for just how important certain guys are to certain teams and certain sides of the ball, I think that I think that could be another element which could be intriguing. Who who was it who made the point the other day on the WhatsApp group about the England game where Jordan Henderson talked a lot? Who was that? Uh, I think I said that. That was a, a yeah. game that England England played in Croatia. Yeah, Croatian that's right. Fans, yeah. Croatian yeah. fans couldn't behave, so they were locked out of of their own stadium for for a game. And that was uh, and that, bas- that, that was a weird experience. But you were you were absolutely right. I suppose to, to combine that point from then and Tomo's point there, your leaders are really noticeable when there's no crowd mm-hmm. around. Um, and you'll see who those individuals are because they're, they're going to be the guys making the difference that, that you can see, oh, geez, yeah, you know, Tyron Matthew really does have to kind of give them all, or maybe he doesn't, maybe they're well enough coached and well organised that he doesn't have to kind of um, give everyone a rollicking... Eric Berry style for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm, well, isn't it? Um, wasn't it Hitchens that was calling the fronts for the Chiefs? I remember yeah. seeing him in um, in in the one game, um, like audibly trying to tell people to do certain things. And it's people like him who probably gets a bit of stick, but you might not realise some of the important things that he's doing and the importance to the team in other aspects as well. So th- I think that those sort of players as well like the leaders and the unsung people that you hadn't thought about 
it, it could be really, really intriguing. It's it's something that we've never really experienced before. Hitchens is one of these guys that's more important pre-snap than he is post-snap. <laughs> yeah. um, but you need, I mean, it takes you need everyone to kind of chip in, don't you? I guess especially when you're trying to do a new, um, learn a new scheme. Yeah. You know, guys like that are important. Um, kind of a, a a coach on the field as such. I tell you what we could do without though. Can you remember that touchdown that Julian Edelman had off um, Brady and Brady screamed, "Julian, get in your spot! I can deal without that." Don't want to listen to a Patriots game. <laughs> uh, he's was not it... playing for Patriots anymore, but that was horrible. So cringe. And was it? I mean, uh, last point on stadium noise. Um, was it? And this is a cheap shot. Was it John Elway that asked? Yeah. The the refs to to get our to, to quiet our head crowd down. Um, yeah, I'm sure he's one man that's not to not doing much to uh, to bring fans back in. He won't be he won't be relishing that. While we're taking shots, the Chargers will be all right as well, won't they? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, can you imagine Janelle doing that in the social media day age? That would just be. I'd get ripped. Oh, that would just. Be, I mean, that's your content for the next six months, isn't it? Yeah, I'd be merciless. Right, so we'll leave the teams already silent behind uh, and move on um, slightly away from football, but uh, something that Owen wanted to um, to talk about, which is the the Last Dance on on Netflix. Owen, do we still have you? Technical issues here. Yeah, technical. Issues. I'm not sure we've got Owen. Um, He's kind of drifting in and out. I think. Just in and out. Anyway, has anyone else watched The Last Dance while we're at it? No. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help you. Yeah, yeah. No. I also can't help you. Um, until about a week ago, I was in the opinion that it was actually a dancing show. <laughs> and I couldn't understand why it was getting such a good rep. And then I realised it was um, a sporting-based show. And it's kind of been building the last week or so. And now I'm starting to think maybe I should watch it, even though I have kind of no interest in the sport itself. I might actually... Um, try and get involved in it I was was actually talking to my boss about it today because he just finished watching it and he was telling me it was really good and a real kind of behind the scenes stuff you wouldn't know about from the time I mean I'm not a basketball fan and to be honest I don't particularly have any interest in watching it Um, you know if there's absolutely nothing else on I might stick one on but I'm not going to go out of my way to, to see it um, I don't know if we've got him, but I think the gist of his point was he wanted to talk about um, the comparisons between Patrick Mahomes and was it was it Michael Jordan? Was yeah, it? The, show, the show's about the Bulls in the late nineties uh, and that kind of that team that won, I think in seven years they won five championships, something like that, off the back of Michael Jordan, who's you know un- undoubtedly the best basketball player that's um, it's ever been, and I think there's been on the back of that. I guess it opens up the social media world to discussions about who the greatest is in other sports and if there's ever going to be anyone that um, can lace, sort of, you know, can race to the, to the levels that Jordan was at at basketball. I thought there's a there's an excellent quote in the first episode of um, of The Last Dance when someone's talking about Michael Jordan. I don't know if they said it at the time or if it's something they've, you know, that's that's come back afterwards, but it says that Michael Jordan, when he's when he's playing like that, he is as good at his job as anyone has ever been at their own job, ever. 
which I think is pretty apt mm. um, when you see the level he plays at. And I think that it's, um, I think it's an interesting discussion to you know to compare other athletes, current athletes, with him. Um, I think it's a bit to say that Patrick Mahomes is going to be a Michael Jordan. I don't think works. Mm. Um, and I think that Owen's point was that the people who are trying to say that are slightly missing the point. I think that Michael Jordan is effectively a cultural icon, right? You know, from his times with Nike, fashion, um, you know, trainers. His his world is way bigger than just a sporting world. And I guess my point to agree with him is that Tom Brady would be the equivalent in uh, the NFL, that he's doing things that, you know, his achievements stand up, you know, but will likely never be beaten. Mm. Um, He was doing things that other people just couldn't do over a period of time that no one else could match. And maybe other people who don't follow sport like maybe your missus at home might know who Tom Brady is, but I would hazard a guess that's because of his wife. Uh, and I suspect that there's a lot of people who don't follow sport that might know Tom Brady's name, but my guess is the majority of them wouldn't recognise his face. Which yeah. I think is the difference that Michael Jordan's so ubiquitous, so well known, and took basketball, I guess, global. I mean, I guess it's helped by... Neil, you'll be old enough to remember like the, the American Dream Team basketball team. I think they played in the, I don't know if it was the 92 or 96 Olympics, but they had a list of people that everyone had heard of, you know, yeah. Jordan, Pippen, um, Magic Johnson, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, you know, all these guys, Larry Bird, that the people had heard of or were starting to hear of as, I guess, sports went more global. And I think that it was a product of time as much as anything else that he's so... You know, sort of transcends sport, if you like. Yeah, well, I mean, ev- everyone knows who he is, um, even though he retired a long, long time ago, and people are still buying Air Jordans, even though he hasn't played basketball in what? How long has it been since he retired? Twenty years, maybe. Mm, that long. Oh, at least. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that goes to show the legacy he has. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not sure where the um, I'm not crazy clued up on it, so I'm not sure where the um, the comparison is coming from. But I think it probably something to do with Mahomes' early success and that kind of charismatic attitude he has. And you hear the sound bites. Uh, I think he said something about the, he's a snow guy or something when he won in the snow. Or like, do we have time to run wasp in the Super Bowl? He's got those sound clips that are so iconic of the moment. Um, and maybe it's coming from there, but I, in terms of the off the field stuff, I think Mahomes is very, it seems very down to earth and focused as well. So I'm not sure those comparisons are strictly true in that no, sense. It's also a function of social media age and whatever you know the media just now. There's so many media outlets. Everybody needs an angle, and there always needs to be a next something. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. No one's ever the first something. You know, even these these guys coming through the, the rookies or whatever, you're always compared to another player. You can never just be who you are. The next George Best, the next Ryan Giggs. Well, it's exactly. like how, exactly. how many times has Lamar been compared to Michael Vick? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just you know, an exactly. easy lazy I, I'll tell you, comparison. I, I, I watched Michael Vick back in the day 
and Lamar is not a patch on Michael Vick when he was in his prime. Kind of his first two or three seasons, Michael Vick was absolutely special. He was just another level from Lamar Jackson. Mm. Mind you, saying that, the Chiefs beat the Falcons like 50-odd 10 in the one game I saw him live. So, he <laughs> 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 obviously wasn't that good, but um, yeah, he, he was a really, really good um, player. I'm glad we've got it back onto NFL. I mean, basically, the, the premise of this podcast is for reasonably ill-informed blokes trying to bluff their way through <laughs> talking about something which they follow mostly on a day-to-day basis. That last five minutes was three highly uninformed blokes trying to bluff their way through something that they fo- that they haven't followed <laughs> at all. Yes. Uh, so I thought that was <laughs> quite successful, really. To be honest, <laughs> I thought we did quite well there. <laughs> So, I mean, if you are still with us, um, we'll, we'll wrap up with um, our exciting announcement that I that I mentioned. Um, when I host a show, I normally start with the what's hot and what's not. Um, save that for the end. So, I guess what's not at the moment is um, the schedule's out. We haven't been able to um, announce any meetups for obvious reasons. And I guess, as it stands, that's just the way it'll have to be. Um, if we can do them, we will. Uh, if I had to bet a pound on it, I would suggest that we're unlikely to do anything on the scale of Newcastle this year. Um, I think we're, we, we had a chat kind of in the WhatsApp group, and we're, at the, as it stands, we're, we'd be uncomfortable asking folk to traverse the country to get together in groups of 30-odd to watch an American football game mm-hmm. in a pub in Newcastle. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see well, how that pans out. Keep an eye on um, on it. Uh, for what's hot, uh, Take the money you would have spent in Newcastle, put it in a bank account and save it for now because you hopefully saw it on our social media feeds. If you, if you didn't, then go and check them out. Um, I, I did a little bit for the website to introduce it as well. But we have announced our intention for the Kingdoms Reunite Tour 2, uh, which will that be... Trips uh, off the tongue, doesn't it? Uh, indeed. <laughs> it's not as bad as it sounds. It's not as bad as it, uh, as it felt in my head. Um, uh, which is our triumphant return to Kansas City next year. Um, there was a group about 30-ish fans from all from the UK I think at that point they went over in 2017 uh, for a game which was a a roundly successful trip Um, none of us were on it I don't think no no I missed it by a few weeks I didn't come across Arrowheads Abroad until just before those guys went and I had actually already booked my own trip so I went out to kind of say a couple of a couple of weeks after them, um, I saw a stinking game against the Steelers, but had an awesome time. Um, tailgating's fantastic. Kansas City's a place is fantastic. The people are fantastic. The barbecue's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Neil's been many more times than I have. Um, he'll yeah. tell you how great it is. Yeah, second to none. Yeah. Um, I guess the best holidays they're described as holiday like a local um, which is exactly what we'll, we'll aim to do uh, we've already had word from some of our awesome followers um, Nita Davis particularly has been in touch to offer any help, hospitality um, that we've got she was awesome with us last time by all accounts uh, and has been really helpful to, to, to me with a couple of things we've, we've um, arranged so you know, we'll get to go out, meet proper fans, hang out with proper fans, tailgate like proper fans, um, 
I would encourage anyone who was thinking about coming to Newcastle to put that money back in your pocket and put it towards a trip to Kansas City next year. Um, we don't have any details yet, obviously. Um, I think that last year they, last time, sorry, they spoke to travel agents who arranged the, who proposed to arrange the whole thing. And when they actually got some specific dates, the prices shot up, and they were able to to do a much more cost-effective DIY trip. Um, I guess that's probably along the lines of what we'll be looking to do next year. Um, but at the moment, it's just a heads up to um, to put your pennies away uh, and look out for details. Hope, I guess, this time next year. Mm. So hopefully we can end on a positive note. Um, I don't know if anyone else has anything that they want to, to chat about. That's nearly 50 minutes we've been here for. No, I just, um, going off you talking about going to um, Kansas, that is going to be one of the most amazing trips. Like looking at the photos um, that the guys have put up from that trip that they went on, if, if it's anything like that, it looks like it's going to be an absolutely amazing trip. And I think the chance to see Mahomes play in Arrowhead is one that you can't miss. Um, it's definitely on my bucket list and it's something that I'd absolutely love to be a part of. I, I can't recommend it enough. Like, if, <laughs> if, you, if you've got a year and a bit, year and a half's notice, you have no excuses for not doing this. Um, the last time I was there was the AFC Championship game this year. We were just talking before we came on air here that I was there in January and it feels like a lifetime ago right now. Um, so the Patrick Mahomes run against the Titans with the slow motion spin and all of that that he did. I, I was sit while we were talking about the lack of crowd noise, I was thinking about that and the way the volume rose as you saw him kind of getting closer to the end zone and then the eruption when that happened. Having that play happen without fans is just it's just mind blowing to me. I just mm. cannot comprehend like the 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 crowd is what made that bit special I think. It was a great run and it was a great play, but the whole package has to include the crowd there for that to be a really special thing. But yeah, guys, you've got a year and a half. You can't miss out on our heads. Um I've been I think 25 times and I I would go I would go again in a heartbeat. Um, if you get a chance to go to an away game as well, go to an away game. When we see the fixture list come out next year, we'll pick a game. But there certainly could be an eye on either the week before or the week after and see who we've got in those weeks. And, you know, say we're away at the Eagles, that could either be a stop-off on the way to Kansas City or a stop-off on the way home, you know. It's, don't don't just limit yourselves to Kansas City here, guys. Keep saving for a real good trip. Yeah, I mean, there are some pretty tasty games at Arrowhead next year. You know, obviously the divisional games, uh, Cowboys are coming, Steelers are coming. You know, although it doesn't really matter who we play, uh, it'll be an no. awesome, an awesome experience regardless. Um, uh, as Neil says, keep it, keep an eye out. Um, it will be something that we don't want to miss, and we don't know when we'll go back. So, if you were thinking about going, this is your chance. I would yeah. encourage everyone to get on board. And I think with that, we will um, we'll wrap up. All that remains me to say is stay safe, stay safe everybody. Uh, and from one kingdom to another, thank you very much. <laughs>